Hey there, I'm Lee Rowley, and this is Lee After Dark. Why? Because there's more to being a business leader than just business. Each episode, one brave entrepreneur ejects the elevator pitch and just gets real. Today, I'd like to welcome my friend, Ben Baker. Ben, how are you today? I am doing just marvelous. Wonderful. Well, it's a pleasure having you here. Thanks for stopping by and taking some time uh, out of your day to hang with us. Now, the rules uh, are simple. Uh, For the next 20 minutes, we can talk about whatever you want, but your business. After that, you've got five minutes to pitch up a storm. But if you talk about your business during the 20 minutes, we'll take off one one minute of pitch time per infraction. So we're keeping everybody honest here, right? We don't enforce the rules, but we talk about them, you know. You know what? I love this. It's it's a completely different format. And that's what I love about it. It's just that, you know what? The reason I decided to come on this show is because of that. It allows yeah. it allows to have something as you as we said off air. You know, everybody in every single show, everybody's pitching all the time. They're mm-hmm. pitching. You know, you're pitching who you are. You're pitching what you do. You know, it, it's it's all about you know, listen to me and look at how wonderful I am. But you know, to do something and have a conversation that is absolutely nothing about your work, nothing about what you do. You know, it's, it's actually quite refreshing. So thanks for having me on the show. Well, hey, I really appreciate it. And it, it, it depends on guests like you who are willing to step out and do that. Because I do have some people who say, well, what's the point of that? Yeah. And I go, what's the point? That is the point. It is the people, point. That is the point. We're not doing this just, we're, our careers aren't just to make money. Yeah, I mean. To help people. I mean, there's not, nothing wrong with making money. I'll, I'll, I'll take money, but you know what? It's got to be to do something with it. Right. It's got to be to do something with it. And that's, that's, you know, and that's really what it's all about. It's sitting there going, money is a tool that allows you to live your life. It's not, it's not the be-all. It's not the end-all. You know, you can't take it with you. No, nobody goes to the, you know, to the funeral home or nobody goes to the graveyard with a Briggs truck following them. You know, it's, so you, you might as well live your life, enjoy your life. And after a while, you know, you sit there and say, I've got enough money. I've got, you know, got enough stuff. It's time just to give back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate that. And then again, I appreciate you being a part of it. But I want to hear about you. So what, yeah. what, what do you want to get into for our time? Well, here? I mean, I, you know, there's a couple of things I want to get into. It's funny because I just, you know, had a conversation about it this morning. It was just, and it's the time of year. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about golf. Because, you know, it's the winter season, it's pouring rain, it's, you know, it's snowing, you can't get on the golf course, whatever. So now is the perfect time to have the conversation about it. Because for me, golf is that passion that allows you to sit there and say, let's just go out and have a walk. Let's go out there and, and, and be humbled by nature. Because... Golf to me is one of those things that every single time I play the game, and I don't know if you're a golfer or not. I don't know if any of your, you know, your fans are golfers or not. But every single time you play the same course, it's different. You know, you have 18 holes, you have 7,000 yards, and every time you hit a ball, it's like a chess match. You know, you've made a move. Now what's your next move? Huh. And, and, and I love that about it. I love it. And it was a conversation I had earlier with the guy because this guy is just getting into the game. And I've been playing this game for 37 years. You know, in some years I've been playing it better than others. Sometimes I play it you know, worse than others. But it's, it really is a metaphor for life for me because 
you never know what you're going to get. You never know what's coming up. You know, you, you might hit that perfect shot. You may, you may sit there and say, okay, fine. I'm right in front of the green. I'm going to you know, have an incredible hole. And then you chunk one in the woods from 50, 50 yards away, <laughs> you know, and it happens. And to me, that's the metaphor of life. You know, that's the metaphor of, of realizing that we need to take what's in front of us, you know, and, and, and realize that the shot that we hit before, the, the one that we flubbed in the woods, the one that we, you know, we put into the pond, it's over, it's done. You know, there's nothing you can do about it. You can learn from it. You know, you can absolutely sit there and say, okay, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? And learn from it. But you can't do anything about it. You know, so you can't really do anything about the past. You can't really sit and say, you know what, you know, the past, you know, uh, uh, you know this happened to me and that happened to me and, and you know, and, and, you know and, and live your life just stressed out about what hap- what's already happened. If we live our life based on what has happened to our life and, you know, constantly worrying about it, constantly agonizing it and living a, in a, what I call the pity party, you know, we won't move forward. You know, we won't move forward if we sit there and say, okay, you know, I had a bad shot. I had a bad day. I had a bad week. I had a bad year. So, you know, if you take a look at golf and you take a look at what the shots were behind you, Mm -hmm. you can't do anything about them. You can't do anything about the shots that you've already taken. They're gone. They're behind you. You can learn from them. You can absolutely learn from them, but you can't do anything about them. If you shanked one into the woods, if you put one in the pond, it's done. It's absolutely done. You, you, you reach into your bag, you grab another ball, and you put it down, and you move forward. And I think that that's what people need to figure out about their lives. They need to figure out at their lives that everything that's happened to you up to this point, you can learn from it, you can understand it, you can evaluate it but it doesn't make you who you're going to be moving forward. It's how you take that experience that you've been, the thing that you learned, the challenges that you've gone through and move forward and be able to sit there and say, okay, what did I learn from this? What did I learn from this situation? What, what's going to make me better? How am I going to be better moving forward based on what I've learned in the past and the, and the experiences I've had and the challenges that I've had and the people that I've met or whatever, because those experiences are in the past, but they give you great experiences to, to, to be able to rest upon, to be able to plan your life going forward. So my question for you is, you know, what's your thought on that? You know, what, you know, what, where are you in terms of the whole positioning of, learning from your mistakes what are the mistakes you know that you've learned from that have made you better you mean not rhetorically you're talking to me specifically sure absolutely absolutely uh this is a conversation you know, isn't it? This is, you're right right so you know I'm, you know first of all i i wouldn't have gotten an art degree i mean well i mean but then again i look at the flip side of every mistake and go well if i hadn't have made that mistake i wouldn't have learned this lesson and it wouldn't have helped me out here so you know, it's, it's, uh, I spent a year in college and, uh, or I'm sorry, I spent a year in, in law school and, and $50,000 a year of my life to figure out I didn't want to be a lawyer. Uh, that was, a, I'm still paying for that sucker. You know? but at least you didn't spend $250,000 <laughs> and then decide you didn't want to be a lawyer. Right. But there were key skills that I've picked up from that that have helped me in my copywriting 
uh, uh, you know, so then was it all a waste? I mean, it was an expensive lesson, but was it a waste? Well, it, it becomes a waste if you learn nothing from it. Sure. If you absolutely ignore the lessons that you've learned, if you don't take the minute and, you know, and assess and evaluate and sit there and say, okay, what good can come out of this? You know, because there's not a lot of people that do that. There's not a lot of people that sit there and say, what good did come out of it? You know, the, the car accident, the cancer, mm -hmm. the person dying, you know, everybody reaches for the bottom of, you know, of the glass and that, you know, those are the people, the glasses are half full. I don't believe the glass is half full or half empty. I think it's refillable, you know, but it's looking at the world and sit there and say, okay, this happened to me, you know, this, or this happened around me. What can I do better? What could I have done better next time? How can I take something out of this? How can I make this positive? How can I take this and help change somebody else's life based on the experiences that I've had? And I think that those are the people that, are, that have always succeeded in this world. And those are the people who will succeed in this world. You know, and, and the problem is, is that there's too many people out there that don't take the time and don't make the effort to realize the good that can come out of the bad, because there's always going to be bad in our lives. There's always going to be challenges. There's always going to be things that throw a monkey wrench in our lives. But you know, sometimes it's really expensive fifty thousand dollars for for you know for for a lottery you didn't end up taking. You know, I've made investments that have probably cost me every bit of that. You know, but the question is, what do we learn from it? How do we get better because of it? How do we change? How do we morph? How do we, you know, how do we augment our reality in order to become better because of the things that have made us bad? How do we sit there in that hole, that deep, dark hole or that cavern or that cave, look up and sit there and say, okay, there is light out there. How do I get up there again? You know, there's too many people that sit in that deep, dark hole and just convalesce in there and, and grab their knees and rock back and forth the rest of their lives. And you need to sit there and say, you know what? It's time to stop rocking your knees and it's time to sit there and go, you know what? What can I learn from this? How can I move beyond this? How can I make my life better? Because it's each up to each and every single one of us to realize that our lives can get better. And it, it, it's some days it's harder. Some days it's not so hard. Some days you're just going to tread water. Some days you are going to go backwards a little bit. But realize that those little incremental steps that you take going forward all matter. And I think that that's, that's probably the biggest lesson I want to talk about today is, 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 is getting people to understand that the world gets better because of how the little changes that we make in our lives that help us make it better for ourselves. If we rely on other people to make our lives better for us, we're in serious trouble. If we're relying on winning the lottery, to make our lives better, we're in trouble. If we're, we're waiting for our parents to die so we can inherit their money, we're in serious trouble. You know, our job is to sit there and figure out how we can make our lives better and how we're not relying on other people to make our lives better for us. That is exactly true. Uh, the, the two things that I see people doing as proxies, uh, and I call them proxies because they feel like you're doing something even though you're not doing something, are guilt and blame. Yeah. Uh, they feel like work. They're exhausting. 
And it's so easy, you know, to, to feel like you're really doing something by feeling bad about not taking this opportunity or we're not reaching out here or if we're not doing this or for doing this wrong or for making this mistake or conversely to blame others. Well, you know, I've never had the opportunity. Nobody will give me the chance. Those are both energy burners that are a proxy for doing something worthwhile and meaningful to move toward your goal. Yeah. And you don't need to make these grandiose leaps. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just putting one step in front of another and then another step and then another step and another step. And it could be small incremental steps that most people may not even notice. But after a year or two years or five years, those little steps become miles, you know, and, and things do get better and things do move forward, you know, and it's a matter of teaching people that, you're, you're right. I mean, if you just sit there and you atrophy, if you just sit there and have the pity party, if you just sit there and say, you know, somebody owes me something or, or I'm waiting for somebody to take care of me or make my life better for me, it'll never happen. You know, it'll okay. never happen. And we, we have to take ownership of our own lives. And that's the one thing I'm seeing less and less of people taking ownership of their own lives, taking responsibility for their own actions for sitting there and say, yeah, it was my fault. It was absolutely my fault. I'm sorry. How can we fix this together? You know, and that's what I really would like to see more in this world is, is people sitting there saying, you know what? I'm going to take ownership for my own mistakes and I'm going to, you know, and I'm going to learn from them and I'm going to help other people learn from them and make, make, make things better. Right. Exactly. You know, when you take the judgment out of it, you can own that lesson without saying, I did this wrong and I'm a bad person. Yep. You know, or I'm a bad person because I made this mistake. It's, it's the whole, it can be the hardest thing in the world to do, to take that judgment out of it and just say, okay, that mistake doesn't define who I am. But I love what you're saying. Absolutely true. One question I do want to poke around with, though, is describe the pivot point where you connected golf and this, this philosophy that you come up with. I mean, where did you have that aha moment that golf was a metaphor for life? It, it probably was on the course somewhere. It, it truly it was, was on the course somewhere. I mean, I remember taking, uh, taking you know, a golf holiday years and years ago, and this could have been going back 20 years ago. Okay. And I went down to, the, to, to Mexico, and I ended up playing seven rounds of golf. No, sorry, 10 rounds of golf in seven days with a guy who ended up being a pro, you know, we were both at this, uh, this Mexican resort, you know, it had a free golf course as part of, as part of the resort. And we just played, I think 10 rounds of golf in seven days. And, you know, the one thing he taught me was golf is a game of recovery. Golf is a game of recovery because you know what? The best golfers in the world are going to make mistakes. The best golfers in the world are going to put a ball in a position where it shouldn't be and have to figure out how to get, how to deal with it from that point forward. You know, and you know, we played the exact same course 10 times in 7 days and I will guarantee you I never hit it to the exact same spot twice. Never. 
you know, I might have been 10 yards to the left or 10 yards to the right or 10 yards behind or 10 yards in front, you know, a little closer to the hole, a little further away from the hole, whatever. But you never hit it to the exact same spot. So, you know, the, it's that unpredictability of the game that got me to sit there and say, okay, what do you do now? You know, what do you do now? You're caught behind this tree. What do you do now? You, you know, you're, you're right up a ba- against the bank, and if you hit it the wrong way, it's going right into the water. What do you do now? You know, it's, it's, it's that whole philosophy of, okay, you can't do anything about the shot you hit before, but you certainly can influence about the shot that you're going to, that you're going to hit now. Nice. And, and, I, and I think I've, I've had this for a long time. But, you know, but it's always been that metaphor of sitting there going, okay, life is like that golf in that way, is that it's that unpredictability, but mm. it's how we deal with it, uh, that unpredictability that either leads to success or failure or a good shot or a bad shot. Very cool. Uh, you've got uh, about two minutes left uh, in this part of things before we get into the business end of it. So any parting thoughts or uh, any, any favorite golf experiences you want to share? Yeah. I mean, my favorite golf experience is that, you know, you, you get everybody who sits there and goes, and this is another analogy is everybody sits there and says they got to hit the big long drive. You don't, you know, if you're a golfer, you realize that courses are, are designed for either two or three good shots in a row. And it's all about sitting there going, you can, you can hit a, a, a par five and you can hit three seven irons and get to the green. You don't have to hit a driver. You know, you don't have to, you know, your choice of shots, you know, and the choice of clubs determines how you're going to, how you're going to move forward. But it's a matter of sitting there going, how do you manage things? You know, how do you, how do you manage the course and how do you manage your own things? I hit a ball to the right. So I aim to the left. You know, I know that ball is going to curve to the right. So I, I aim my ball to the left because I know that curve is, is going to come in and I'll end up in the middle of the fairway. If I aim down the middle of the fairway, my ball ends up in the right trees. So figure out what, you, what, your, natu- what your natural ability and what your natural you know, tendencies are and build your life around that. Very sage advice. Thank you for sharing, and, and thank you for sharing your uh, your uh, your connection with golf and, and then and this philosophy, which resonates very deeply with me, and I know well with my audience as well. Uh, that said, we have completed the twenty minute Lee after dark round one. Talking about there we the go. business challenge, invisible confetti, and all that. We okay. So, being a man of my word, you've got five minutes to talk about your business, where people get in touch with you. The floor is yours, my friend. No problem. My company is called Your Brand Marketing, and what we do is we work with companies, we consult, we provide workshops, and we do keynotes on internal communication. How do we make your companies better internally? There's too many companies that market and brand on the outside of their company, but they don't let their employees understand what the mission, vision, and values of the company are. The people inside the company don't understand what the company truly does, who the co- what the company who the company serves, what the value is, and what the direction is. We work with companies to help them build a brand story that enables them to allow every single employee to feel listened to, understood, valued, build better leaders. And because of that, 
people stay. Employees are engaged. They want to stay with the company and you know what? They want to grow with the company. So we sit there and sit there going, how do you build better leaders? How do you get people to understand how to communicate more effectively? How do you get people to understand what the value of the brand and the direction it is and how you fit in it? We work with companies teaching them how to build onboard properly, how to train properly, how to build culture properly, and how to get rid of those mission and vision statements that sit up on a wall that nobody remembers and nobody cares about. We want people to be engaged because if they're engaged, they stay. If they feel engaged, they feel valued. They want to work harder and they want to make better customer experience for your customers. That builds lo better loyalty to the customers. Customers all of a sudden are not price driven. So that's what we do. Now, we, the best way to get in touch with me is through yourbrandmarketing.com. That's our main website. We have both online courses. Our new online course that we're creating is called How to Retain Employees Through Leadership. It's a 22-video course that's designed to be able online, on-demand, and mobile-friendly. It's going to be available on January 15th. People can pre-buy it now. But what it's going to do is it's going to give people the tools to make them better leaders and to make new leaders more effective. So that's us in a nutshell. Very cool. And I, I love the approach that you're taking of internal brand marketing because like, it's something that uh, in a former life, I was a, a compliance manager for an insurance company. Uh, and just seeing that on the inside and how how badly that can go wrong. <laughs> it, it, it's refreshing to see that you're, you're focusing on that. So uh, we will have uh, all of the links uh, to all the assets you've talked about uh, in the show notes so that people can access that directly. Uh, any final thoughts on that? Yeah. The one thing that I tell every company is your brand is only as strong as your weakest customer, your weakest employee on their worst day. You know, that, and that every employee that leaves you costs you $100,000 to replace. So if you start thinking that every time an employee walks out the door, it costs you $100,000 by the time you replace them, isn't it far better to engage them while they're there and make sure that they understand how they fit into the organization and how they're going to prosper along with the organization? Nice. Very good. Well, Ben, thank you again for uh, sharing your wisdom with us and, and definitely go check them out. We'll have all of those links in the show notes. And uh, you know, just thank you for, for being generous and sharing your time and uh, all of your insights with us today. We really appreciate having you on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Now, we are out of time, but if you found Lee After Dark more entertaining and relevant than most of the dreck out there, then subscribe to our Lee After Dark YouTube channel and now get Lee After Dark in your pants. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Stitcher, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and who the heck knows where else so you can enjoy us wherever you stick your phone. Until next time, this is Lee Rowley with my friend Ben Baker. Be present and be well.